And the way that subject to works is quite simple. The seller deeds you the property. There's an underlying loan. They are the ones still liable for that loan. So you own the property and you've got to still make the payments on that loan or else you won't get to keep the property. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm Nicole Kamanjian. I'm here with Cody Richard and the host of this show, Jeff Rappaport. This is episode 255, and today we're starting a new series that's going to be a four-part all about raps. Before we get started, I wanted to mention some of our resources. If you're looking for a mentor, visit roimentors.com to learn more about Jeff's apprentice program and the Creative Financing Academy. For networking and questions, make sure you join the Creative Financing Podcast community on Facebook. The second Thursday of every month, don't miss Jeff's free creative financing class on Zoom. And if you're local to the Salt Lake area, we host an in-person meetup at Club 90 in Sandy, Utah. Details will be in the description below. All right. How are you guys? Uh, I thought we'd get off on the right foot and start uh, addressing some questions that I think people always have with owner financing, and that is wrap mortgages. Um, Cody, Nicole, either one of you want to venture on giving a definition of what a wrap would mean? Yeah, so I would say wrapping the the financing that you're putting on the property on the existing financing that's already there. So there's got to be existing underlying financing. You're Mm -hmm. creating a note that is going to wrap around the underlying note. Um, All right, Cody, really quick, uh, since you're on the roll now, what are the different types of strategies? Um, and I'm looking for two different names. See if you know where I'm going with this. You're talking about like all-inclusive yes. trustee note? Uh, yep. And then I guess contract for deed could be a wrap, right? Or wraparound mortgage? Wraparound mortgage, yep. Um, and yes, you can do wraps with land contracts and contract for deed but we're not going to get into that during this series very much probably none at all so great perfect does that make sense for you nicole do you understand what a wrap is um i think so okay well then let's see if i can share my screen and all right so Just like Cody had mentioned, um, when we create a new mortgage and there is already an existing mortgage on a property, we are what is referred to as wrapping it. Or um, some states are mortgage states, some states are trustee to note states. Trustee to note is called an all inclusive trustee to note or an AITD. And in mortgage states, it's called a wraparound mortgage. And let's quickly go through an example. So if we had a property that's worth 300,000 and we're putting 15 grand down and we're creating a new note for 285,000, 5% interest amortized over 30 years. We have a payment of 1529 principal and interest. We have a balloon payment due in 10 years of 231824 and the seller has an existing note for 242230 with a payment of 1093 principal and interest. So our new note 
of 285 will wrap around that underlying note of 242. And there's something, a couple of things that you should keep in mind. One is our payment, the new payment, needs to be at least as much as the current payment or more. Um, and it would make sense that the balance has to be equal to or more than the underlying balance as well. And the way that this would work is the easiest way for this to work is that you hire a third-party servicer and they collect payments from you, the buyer, and make a payment to the underlying mortgage. And if there's any money left over, then that money is then sent to the seller. Does that make sense to both of you? Yep. We've got one yep. set up like that right now. Good. One of the things that um, people like to do, which is when you're buying an owner finance or subject to, and we're, we're going to just touch on a couple of subject to kinds of situations because a wrap can look exactly like a subject to deal. And we'll talk a little more about that later. But when we're trying to, when we're buying, uh, we're creating terms to um, a seller, whether it's subject to or we're, we're creating owner finance. Um, and then we want to sell to an owner occupant. Or in, it doesn't even have to be an owner-occupant, but in most cases it will be, at a higher price, normally a higher down payment, higher interest rate. Um, we are creating a wrap, right? Um, uh, and an actual, we're doing like a double wrap, right? When we may have wrapped underlying loan with the seller, and now we're even wrapping the new the loan that we created with a new loan to a buyer. I know that's going to sound a little complicated and we'll deal with it a little more, but I wanted to point it out um, because I think that's what a lot of people try to accomplish with owner financing. All right. So how can a wrap be used? So contrary to what a lot of people talk about, um, a wrap can be used around an FHA loan, a VA loan, and a conventional loan. However, not every title company or and or attorney, for that matter, will allow you to wrap FHA loans or VA loans. Um, have you ever come across something like that, Cody? I haven't, um, but I imagine that's not something that would ever change, right? It's something that's good to know and will likely stay in place for a long time. Well, <laughs> so th this is all based on something that happened, I think it was in the late... 1990s and uh fha sent a letter to all title companies saying if you wrap fha loans uh, and we find out we will no longer let you close on fha loans they never really implemented that and but there are title companies that are still not willing to do it there are also title companies that will do it so it's just a matter of finding the right ones. Uh, and I say this because I've done it. Uh, I've done it on both. And it it happens, but you may find some resistance on it. And then how would you know if it is an FHA loan before you're reaching out and already getting that process going with the title company? Yeah, you, probably like, won't. You, to, you probably would. You have to transfer um, it. Uh, you'd probably want to know 
you know, at some point in the negotiation process, you'd probably want to know a little more about the loan. Um, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps get a you know most recent mortgage statement or the actual note that was signed. And then you'll be able to determine, is it VA, is it FHA, is it conventional? Um, or yeah, you don't do any of this and you take it to your title company and they say, no, 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 we, we won't do FHA or or they don't say anything and they're fine. So Makes sense. Now, one of the, the mortgages that I see people ask questions about all the time are reverse mortgages. Can you wrap a reverse mortgage? Well, you could. I'm not sure that you want to. Uh one of the issues is, is by definition, a reverse mortgage, the balance is increasing. It is not decreasing. And the, the, that's ultimately going to provide an issue. And probably more important is that reverse mortgages are called due. And we're certainly going to talk about the due on sale clause um, down, you know, and I don't think it's this episode, but maybe the next. But a reverse mortgage is for people that are, uh, I don't know, 62, 62 and a half, I think. And um, they've got to have a certain amount of equity in their property. And they're going to uh, allow them to not make any payments, really. Um, and really, they're, they're giving up their ec- a portion of their equity each month for not making a payment. Good for more retirement types of people to, you know, maintain a good budget. Uh, but they, they have certain rules. And if you don't own or occupy that property, then they have the right to call the loan due. And if certainly if you transfer the ownership of the property, they have the right to call the loan due and they will. So I've done, I've wrapped a couple of reverse mortgages and I've done it when it's been a very short-term exit strategy, where it could be a rehab or a wholesale, something where it's going to take a few months. I'm not worried about that. And the the last one I did, I actually had the seller call their mortgage company and said, we are planning on moving. We're going to sell the property we need some time to get it ready and put it on the market, and then we're go- we'll get it sold. And they said, "Fine." So now I didn't really have any issue with having the loan called due. If you're looking to do it long term, I think that's probably going to be a mistake, and I would stay away from that. A wrap should definitely be used cautiously when you're dealing with any kind of variable rate mortgage and or HELOC. HELOCs you might be able to get away with because they're typically smaller amounts and it's going to make up a smaller amount of your monthly payment. When the entire mortgage is a variable rate, I'd certainly want to know what are the maximums that it can go to because it can change in a hurry. And if the payment could go so high that it kind of destroys the whole deal, I'd probably stay away from it. So Certainly be careful about wrapping any kind of variable rate mortgage. And I imagine the bigger the gap in the monthly payments, the more likely you are able to use something like this or like make it work, even if it's variable or HELOC. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it doesn't go too high. like Yeah. But the problem is, is that some of these variable rates can go really high, right? That Mm -hmm. they may have like a 7% um, or higher even 
position where they can move, right? And yeah, depending on what the balance is, if it were to get to the maximum, it could be quite a bit. You know, I would, uh, HELOCs can be kind of tough either way because a lot of them are structured also as interest only for a while. And then they convert to principal and interest and the payment goes up. You better know what you're dealing with and what potentially is going to happen because Otherwise, you, you're going into it and you're saying, well, it's great right now. Things, payment-wise, everything works right now. But things can change quite quickly. Know the mortgage that, know what the mortgage is and the terms of the mortgage, of the underlying mortgage before you do a wrap. That is for sure. All right. So how can we use these? And, um, and, and we can use them both when we're buying and when we're selling. So... When I'm making an owner finance offer to a seller that has an underlying loan, like Cody had mentioned initially, I'm creating a wrap note, right? It doesn't matter if the seller has a conventional loan, an FHA loan, a VA loan, any kind of loan that we're trying to wrap, that would be a wrap note. When I'm selling to an end buyer using owner finance and the property is not free and clear, I am creating a wrap note. So if I have my own house that I've lived in for 10 years and I decide I'm going to sell it and I'm going to sell it on owner finance, I am creating a wrap note if I still have underlying debt on my property. When I create owner finance and then sell to an end buyer, so now I'm actually creating what's called a double wrap and uh, I'm wrapping the underlying debt from the seller and now I'm creating even a new note to my buyer. Now I'm creating a wrap note. So let, let's go through some quick terminology. Um, this will help because some of these will look, and sometimes people use these terms interchangeably, and they're not. Uh, uh, assuming a loan. Assuming means that we're actually taking over the underlying loan with the bank's permission and with the bank guidelines. Uh, we're actually stepping into the original borrower's situation. So uh, we're removing them from it and now we're taking that over. So we may have to qualify for this loan. We may have to show financials, tax returns, uh, whatever kind of income and expenses. Uh, you're, you're more than likely going to be underwritten um, to make sure you can uh, afford the monthly payments. And you probably will sign a personal guarantee. Uh, it is as if you were applying to get a new loan for the property. The only difference is you are applying for a loan that's already in place, which can be kind of advantageous if you're dealing with situations like right now, where interest rates are higher, and you may be looking at a property that has an assumable loan that you can lock in a much lower interest rate. Does that make sense to both of you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask when when you would do this, but you clarified that. Have you done this often or before? Because I haven't ever done just a full assumption of a loan. I've only done one assumption before, and it was totally by accident. Uh, <laughs> I, I had taken a property subject to... And the loan got called due. 
And it was the very first one that I'd ever had called due. And I really, the seller told them, I I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, We were five, six years into it and we we had no issues and I bailed them out of a tough situation. But for whatever reason, he went to the bank and told them. And so they contacted me and said, we know that you own the property. And I'm like, yep. And they said, so we just want you to sign some papers and we're all good. And I thought, okay. So they were actually having me assume the loan, but I didn't have to provide any financials, which I'm like, all right, that's fine then. (laughs) So they allowed me to just assume it. I couldn't tell you a hundred percent. I may have, but I don't think I signed a personal guarantee. I may have. I did not have to go through underwriting and I did not have to provide financials. They just had me sign a few documents and it was all good. So, But I can tell you now when I'm dealing in much bigger commercial properties that uh, assumable loans become much more important when you're talking about a $5 million, a $10, $20 million commercial property or more. And the underlying loans got really good rates and or it's got a good lengthy term left to it and maybe rates that you can't get anywhere near today. So uh, assumption, not my favorite choice for trying to buy property, but uh, certainly something you can use in the commercial world and uh, and wouldn't be the worst. I mean, if you are going to go get a loan, I'd rather assume a loan with better terms than uh, the terms I could get right now. Yeah, okay, that then, makes sense. Then we have the wrap, right, which is what we're talking about. And so where we're creating our new loan um, with our terms, right, that, that have been accepted by the seller or by the buyer, whoever the case may be. And it may be exactly the same as the underlying mortgage, or it could be completely different. Uh, But you're not necessarily qualifying for a mortgage. Let's talk about if you are dealing with a seller, uh, more than likely, they're not asking for any kind of financials from you. Um, They're not going to have you underwritten. Uh, they're just looking at what, whether the deal makes sense. They don't necessarily know whether you're qualified or not to be able to buy this property. Uh, you may or may not sign a personal guarantee. I mean, part of putting together owner finance is that uh, done correctly, that you won't sign a personal guarantee and put yourself at risk. But on occasion, some people ask and... Uh, And if we do this correctly with a wrap that the seller that finances us now is also protected as if they were a bank, right? Where they have now made a loan to us. And if we were to default to them, they could foreclose and take the property back. Subject to the mortgage, okay, Uh, which is super popular these days. And uh, we hear about it all the time. It's not nothing. It's not something that's new, right? When I started in 1999, that that was my preferred way of acquiring property, subject to. And I can tell you, the people that taught me had been doing it for 10, 15 years, and so this isn't a new kind of strategy. It's been going on for many, many years. 
And the way that subject two works is quite simple. The seller deeds you the property, okay? They sign the deed to you. Now, there's an underlying loan. They have signed on that loan. They are the ones with the personal guarantee on the loan. They are the ones still liable for that loan. So you own the property and you've got to still make the payments on that loan or else you won't get to keep the property. But if you were not to make the payments, it doesn't hurt you or your credit. It would hurt the original borrower's credit. Okay? Does that make sense? The yeah, bigger, no, the biggest, biggest issue with subject two is that there's no recourse in case of default. So, you know, Nicole, if you were to buy my property subject to, you say, hey, I'm going to pay you off in 10 years. And I say, okay. And uh, I deed you the property. And for eight years, it's great. Nothing, no problems. But Nicole hits hard times or the market crashes or something happens and you don't make the payments. And I call you up and I say, hey, Nicole, um, what's going on? You know, my my credit's getting dinged because, uh, you know, it's showing that we haven't made a payment on the house for the last two months. And you say, yeah, you know, things have been rough and, uh, you know, but I'm hoping they'll turn around. And I say, well, when, when are you going to make payment? Because, you know, it's not your credit on the line, it's mine. And you're like, well, I'm working on it. And there's nothing I can really do. I, I can't foreclose. I don't have a security instrument to that protects me in this case. So I'm at your mercy. I might be able to take you to court, but that's probably long after my credit's been ruined. Probably the house has been foreclosed on. And now we're trying to determine who's at fault here. Do we understand the difference between the three? Because as we go through this series, it's important to understand the rap is we're creating something new, right? Um, even if it's exactly the same as an underlying debt, we're creating a new note, which creates a security instrument that protects the seller, protects the person making the loan that if there is a default that they can foreclose, just like Bank of America or Wells Fargo can. Jeff, you said that subject two was your preferred method when you first started. What What's like the main reason that you stopped doing subject two? Because I know you don't do them often anymore or any um, of the LOIs that I've seen. I don't see subject two. And, on it. and, and we're going to cover this a lot more in the, the next few episodes, but really quickly that I, I don't mind subject two, but I, I have certain rules on when I want to use subject two. And but we'll mention this again, but really quickly, if if I am buying a property, let's say that's behind on payments, you know, it's in pre-foreclosure, my goal is, is to reinstate the loan. And then I'm either going to go sell the property retail, right? Maybe I'll do some fix up and retail it. Maybe I'll wholetail it, or maybe I will keep it and rent it. I will buy it subject to, because I am now responsible to that seller, right? I feel very comfortable that, hey, if everything went bad, that this whole thing just went sideways, that I could work something out and I would do the right thing. I wouldn't say, 
I, I wouldn't do what you said to me, Nicole, which is, oh, yeah, uh, don't worry, I'll try to work it out. And I, it's all hypothetical. Nicole's a really good person. <laughs> Come on, Nicole. <laughs> but but I feel like I would do the right thing. Okay, so even if it meant here, let let me give you the property back so that you can try to to deal with it because I'm not doing what I said I would do. Not everyone's like that. So when I feel like that the property will be out of my control, I don't want to do subject to because now I'm relying on someone else to do that. And I'd love to be able to trust all of humanity and all real estate investors, but my experience tells me otherwise. It's really easy to trust people when things are good because most of the time there's no issues. When things change or go bad, there are issues. I don't want those. All the properties that I did when I started out, I would do subject to, and then I would lease option. So I would maintain ownership to, and mm -hmm. I was always the person responsible. Whether my tenants paid me or not, I got to, I got to pay the mortgage. I'm, I'm okay with that. Subject to works there. Uh, but subject to has, and, and I don't, I certainly don't want to make this about a subject to some uh, conversation, but subject to. I'd much rather go into court if someone challenged me on something on mm -hmm. almost anything other than subject to, because it almost seems like for me to get a subject to deal, I almost have to deceive a seller, right? Because when you think about it, why would a seller do it? Hey, Mr. Seller, I, you know, here's what I can do for you. You give me your house and you maintain all the liability and you know, I know you don't know me but you know I'll, I'll make your payment for the next while and then it'll get cashed out okay and that is the conversation pretty much I, I don't really want to explain that to a judge I, I don't know that the judge would say oh okay that sounds fair um so the, that's why I look at subject to there are there are potential legal ramifications that I, I just don't want to be a part of. And as you'll see, we, we can create a wrap practically just as easily. I mean, uh, as long as we have a title company that knows what they're doing, very, very easy. That, that's that's a form of owner finance. Subject two is not. There's no financing in it. I'm taking over debt that the seller has. And when I say I'm taking over, I'm not responsible for it. You know, it comes with the property. So if I want to keep the property, I better pay the debt. It doesn't hurt me other than I won't keep the property. All right. Yes. Thank you. All right. So any other questions as we set the foundation for all about wraps? The only other terminology I've heard is sometimes called an exact wrap uh -huh. when it's completely matching the underlying loan. You are going wrap. to see plenty of exact wrap in the following episodes. of <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Uh, and I, I would totally agree. The only difference is, is the exact wrap is identical to the underlying mortgage. Exactly. A wrap may not be. So anything else? Nope. Nope. Awesome. So I'm going to wrap this one. Stay tuned for episode two as we talk more about all about wraps. Go out and create some terms. <laughs>